This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about feminist theology. A let's do it. Um, can we call God mother? Well, let me say, I in my experience, that question makes a ton of people uncomfortable. Yes, but that's the title of the episode, so a lot of people are already uncomfortable. It Let's is. just embrace it. Yeah, it, I, I do think that is the question. Um, and, and so here's why we have this question, okay? Yeah. So God is normally depicted with some kind of masculine pronoun. Jesus shows up as a man, not a woman, which I think that's also a different kind of question is what would have happened if Jesus was a woman. Right. Um, but Jesus shows up as a man and God is frequently called father and has this idea of sonship to Jesus and sonship to humanity, right? Um, in Psalm 82, we're called sons of God. Jesus quotes that in John 10. There, there's all this language and metaphor for God being this masculine person. Right. Right. And a paternal figure. Right. And so then, because I think largely a mixture of feminism and the feminist waves as well as the kind of emergence of liberation theology and this idea that we could contextualize theology to oppression of unique peoples mm -hmm. and let them read their experience or lead, read the text through their experience made way for feminist theology. And so feminists began to ask the question, specifically feminist theologians, well, do we ever see God as a woman? Because if you could, if you had an image of God as a woman, you have a good argument. Well, you still don't right. lose your parental figure metaphors. Right. Mm. So then, if you have an image of God as a woman, then you can do both. God can be father or God can be mother. So, this is where this question arises from. Now, just a little bit on the character of God. The characteristics of God that we see in the narrative, could you see those or some of those in a mother? Yes. A hundred percent, right? Absolutely. As much as you could see those in a dad, yeah. you can see those in a mom. Yeah. And in the same way, even if you want to go to like more traditional gender roles, is like our characteristics of God not seen in both in traditional gender roles? Yes. Okay. So why would it make you uncomfortable to call God mother? Sexism. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but like, I, honestly, yeah, kind of. I also um, think it's a little bit of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Yeah. Because... I nobody ever made this connection for me until I started reading feminist theologians. Right. And I think that's a problem when majority of men 
command the platform, we further take away the voice of women who are the ones being oppressed. And so it took us forever to make this connection. Yeah. And I don't know that I would have made it in a, in a broader context if I didn't set out to find it. Mm. Right. Just because the narrative you've been given is that God's a man. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you're yeah, just sure. flooded with it in all of it. We call him he and all these things. So it's like you're littered with this information of God's masculinity. And so you just overlook things in the text like that unless you feel oppressed by men and you're looking for a femininity of God. Right. And so I do think it's a little bit of toxic masculinity that that people have not heard of this and thought through this. Because there are also other places, like specifically in like some of the prophets in the Old Testament, where God gives mother metaphors for his care for Jerusalem and the people of Israel. Right. So we'll look at those in a minute. But the big one, and this was massive, not just for me, but this was massive for feminist theologians in general, Mm -hmm. Um, is this little story in the Gospel of Luke. Oh. This is in one of the teachings of Luke's Gospel. And it's in a section of parables. So think of this as a sermon of Jesus. Right. This is the story. So he tells the story of the parable of the lost sheep. Mm -hmm. Historically, shepherds are male. So he tells this story of the shepherd losing his sheep one of his sheep, and he's got 100 sheep, and so he leaves the 99 sheep to, go find, the to go find the one lost one. That's right. Okay? And then verse 7, at the end of that parable, says, Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Mm-hmm. Don't miss that. That's the punchline of that story. Right. Now we get to verse 8. This is literally the very next verse. Or, so here's another option. Here's another story to commit the same truth. Right. Or, what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it. When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Verse 10, Just so I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Yep. So, God gives you a male metaphor, mm-hmm. and then God gives you a female metaphor. Yeah. Of which in, in both, God's a shepherd, and in the second, God is a woman who lost one of her coins. Yep. So can you call God mother? 
I don't see why not. Like, I mean, if I'm being honest. What does it do for women? What does it do for mothers Mm. when we give femininity to God? It empowers the image of God within them. A hundred percent. You don't think mothers sit around going, hey, this book is littered with stories of things that we do wrong and it doesn't have any of our characteristics. They're all given over to God who's depicted as a man. Like, I just, I think that narrative alone is hurtful to them. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, And there are some other places, you know, this is just from a quick Google search um, or a a search, but Isaiah 66, 13, as one with whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. That's, That's a mother metaphor. Yep. Matthew 23, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? Yeah. It's an animal metaphor, but it's, it's still the, the femininity characteristic. Yeah. Isaiah 49, can a woman forget her nursing child that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Yeah. That's another mother metaphor. I mean, it's everywhere. Hosea 13, I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their breasts and there I will devour them like a lion as a wild beast would rip them open. Right. That's a mother bear narrative. Yep. You want some New Testament ones? First Thessalonians 2, but we were gentle among you like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Now that's Paul. Right. But... Galatians 4, this is Paul again, my little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Right. I think, for me, there's enough places in the narrative that I have zero reservations calling God, Mother God. Right. I frequently do it in my own prayers. Mm. Um. And part of that's because I'm like in this place in life where I'm like radically against power and hierarchy. Right. Um, like I want nothing to do with any of that. Um, and so like mother God just feels better to me right mm-hmm. now where I'm at in life. Um, but yeah, I, I have zero qualms calling God mother God. I'm going to do a little bit of research on something you keep talking. Go ahead. And I think for me also, just as a a pastor and communicator, it's it's a helpful metaphor for women. Like if you, if you really want to talk about treat others the way that you would want to be treated, which is a command of Jesus, by the way, like I think putting God in femininity and characteristics of motherhood metaphors is super helpful for them. Um, I think it's encouraging and I think it's helpful for us. I mean, you know, for a lot of different ways. Number one, I know a ton of people that didn't have a father. Right. I know a ton of people that even if they had one, wasn't a good one. 
Yeah. And don't think that you don't for a second read your own life experience into that father metaphor. Sure. If you had a violent father, it doesn't feel out of place that Father God is violent. Yeah. And it's easy to overlook some of the other things. If you had an abusive father, right. it's easy to overlook some of the seeming abuses in the narrative right. in this. And in the same way, if you didn't have a father at all, you're going, well, I don't, I don't really think. understand this. Yeah. But you had a mom. Yeah. You had a mother. You can read into that narrative. Um, I think there's helpful, I think it's always helpful to have variety when you're evaluating anything. Sure. Like when you're, when you're trying to piece a puzzle together, looking at it from all the different angles can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you for me personally, I don't do it publicly a lot because it makes people uncomfortable, Right. but just in my own personal formation calling god mother has been extremely fruitful Mm. so i have to ask a question okay and i know that this is more of like a pnp question rather than a let's talk question but i feel like it it needs an answer here because both of the apostles and nicene creed affirm the father narrative Mm -hmm. by Affirming the femininity in God and calling her calling God mother. Um, does that step outside the creeds? The question that I would have for you is: Does the creed specifically say that God can't be a mother? Never explicitly. No. I'm not saying that God's not father. Mm-hmm. I'm just also saying maybe God's mother too. Right. And so unless the creeds specifically deny that claim, I wouldn't say so. Because I'm not saying don't con- don't view God as father. Right. I'm just saying also view God as mother. Right. Like mm. don't be so one-dimensional that sure. you miss this motherhood piece of God. And you know, for all the things that I think it does a bad job of, I still love this book and recommend it to a ton of people, but this is one thing I think the shack does perfect. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Good. Mm. If you haven't read the book, first of all, don't watch the movie, read the book, read, read the book. first. The book is better. The book, the book is better. <laughs> it's very, but very good. that's true for pretty much everything, yeah. but the book is better. But, in there, Ray, the main character, ends up going to this cabin. I won't spoil the story for you, but it's also been out for like almost twenty years. So, Give like, it the I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel super upset. But Give it the times. Ray ends up at this cabin, and at this cabin, he meets all the Trinity. Right. And God the Father is called Papa. But she's an African American woman. Mm-hmm. That perfectly encapsulates what the image that I think the Bible is telling us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you've got some father metaphors there. I don't think we can miss those. Those are very evident and clear. Sure. I mean, least of noticeably in Jesus' baptism. Right. Um, 
But I also don't think you can miss the motherhood of God. Right. I don't think you can miss that characteristic. Um, I think it's helpful and I think it's wholesome. Um, not just for me, but you know, we were just talking about toxic masculinity, like toxic masculinity is everywhere. Don't, don't you think it kind of be nice to have an image of God? That's not like overrun with patriarchy and hierarchy and power. And yeah. Well, I mean, isn't being, that more the image of God anyways? Um, I think it's the, it's the most prominent image. And yet, I th- almost feel like the fatherhood element naturally purports some kind of um, violence or aggression or toxic masculinity back onto God that uh, can, for a lot of people, allow this image of God to be this kind of violent, powerful God, which I don't think is, number one, the primary image of God, nor do I think it's the best image of God. Well, and, and think about it this way. How many times have you heard that the statement that if there is a God, he hates me. Or if there is a God, he's not good. You know what I mean? Um, I've said both of those things. Right. Um, It's very hard to um, talk about mom as she hates me. You know what I mean? Um, Or... Mom is just not good. Now, there are bad mothers out there. Yeah, just like there are bad dads, there are bad moms. Yeah. Um, But the overwhelming majority of people are just like, mom's mom's what I need. You know what I mean? um, So when you put it in that kind of context of looking at God as good, it's much easier to see him as... For some, for some people. Right. Yeah. Now I know for some people it's not easier to see God as good through mother. You need God to be good through father. And I get that. I'm not, I'm not denying any of that. Absolutely not. All I'm saying is, is that I think this is a helpful reading for a lot of people. I mean, it's, it's an extremely helpful reading for me. Um, Mm. and, and you've heard people say like, I'm, I'm, this is not unique to me, but put yourself in the story. Mm-hmm. Right, like even sometimes change the names of people to your own name and and try to get into characters you're reading these stories. Like there are ways to try to embrace and and make the text come alive right. in new ways that don't necessarily deny the truths of the text. If you see father or him referred to God, place it. Try changing it to mother or her. Yeah. Um. Even just that. If nothing else, it gets your mind going. Yeah. And I think, you know, for what, you know, the questions that we were asking on yesterday's episode of A Closer Look about, you know, fruitful divinity. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you achieve fruitful divinity. It's just like wrestling with these questions and trying to make the text come alive and try to make the narrative come alive so that so that you can kind of craft this picture of God that is the wholesome God that you need from your experiences. Yeah. That God must fit within the creeds. But I don't think the creeds are denying anything that we're saying here. Right. In fact, 
the people that wrote those are philosophers. If they're living in our society, they're probably asking the same questions. Right. They're probably embracing the same things. And so that's why I say, unless the creed specifically denies that, I'm going to say it's fair game. And I don't think the creed specifically deny the the motherhood of God, and the text surely does not. No, absolutely not. And so this might be one where even if the creeds did, I'd be like, bro, scripture. Like, right. Scripture gets 26% at least. Right. So it's like, yeah, no, scripture wins on this one. Um, but I think, and this is what I will say. You know, I've said several times through this series, I consider myself a feminist. Like, I want women to thrive at Wellhausen in the world. Um, and I think this is a, this is really helpful and this is one of the things I'm grateful to feminism for. Right. Um, I'm grateful to the feminist women and feminist theologians mm. who have pointed this out for me. Not yeah. just because right on girl, like yeah, you you do you, you speak up. You you make these men be better. You make these men be better. Absolutely. But also, yeah. thank you for my own spiritual health. Yeah. Because this revelation has been uniquely important to yeah. my own spiritual formation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it again. I've said it a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. I'll keep saying it. Men be better. Men be better. Men just be better. And I don't mean in the toxic Mark Driscoll kind of men, you need to grow a pair and put your foot down, kind of be better. I mean, be better in your image and likeness of God and caring for those around you. Um, just be better. Don't be that jerk. And ask yourself the hard questions of why does it make me feel uncomfortable to talk about God as mom? Wherever you fall, that's cool. I at least want you to ask the question. 